1: Hey, everybody, welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Thank you, thank you. We had a powerful lineup for you today. We're waiting to be joined by Julia Griffin. She does a fabulous show on our network, uh, The Power of Inspiration and Awakening Radio, How to Master a Higher Frequency for a New State of Mind. She does a great show. And I've asked her to come on for a few minutes to give us a message from the wolves. Uh, her story is unique. Uh, certainly, when I think about her and the life she lived and who she is, I think about you know, what each of us has been asked to do in this lifetime and step forward. So I know Benny is probably busy trying to make that connection. Um, and then followed by that, uh, Joanne DiMaggio is joining us here today, you know, to give us insights about what I did it to myself again. So all of that is going on. Hi, Benny. Hi, Pat. Yeah. So I I, I got Linda uh, there. So they're telling me, oh, so is, is Julia here? I, I don't have her on the phone yet. No, no, not yet. Oh, Okay. Yeah, so Benny, I'm gonna give you a number here to call. Okay. Because I'm not sure of. Yeah. Okay. Sounds good. All, all right. right, we're doing Let's this old do school. Let's do that. Yep. Okay. I'll try Let's that one. Let's do it old school. Let's just. I like old school. I like old school. Um, you know what, what? One of the things we mean when we say old school, and this is what I love from all of you, is that once upon a time, once upon a time, and if you think about this. Uh, Jessica always reminds me that sometimes I say some things that are really old school. Like, what I'm learning is you don't say the word computer anymore. I didn't know that. I'm not sure what you say, but, like, not computer. So there must be a new phrase. And, you know, there's a commercial on television or some kind of ad on television where there's this, you know, young woman doing something on, I guess, a tablet, and mom says, put your computer away or something. And she says, What computer? But we have to go back. We have to tap into what we're made of. And what we're made of is messages, guidance, spirit, and a and an ability to master a higher frequency. Julia, it's great to have you. Thanks for coming in for this segment for us. Well, I'm thrilled. Thank you so much for having me. You know, this is really the time where messages and guidance and information, information to help us either make sense of what's happening in the world or to take an action. And I was just telling folks about you and the work that you do, but also about your life. And what the gifts and talents are. I am curious to know, and that's why I wanted to bring you on, what is the message for the world? What do the wolves want us to know now?
0: Well, first of all, they want us to know that there are these wonderful spiritual changes taking place. And when something happens in the spiritual world, it happens there before it happens in our physical reality. So while our physical reality may seem distorted or strange, there are new energies that are coming in. The earth is raising her vibration. We have new ley lines and power points. And soon we will have new frequencies with which to solve problems.
1: Mm. You know, um, the conversation about new frequencies is one I want to have with you a little bit further. Because to get this message from the wolves who have incredible, incredible, how should I say, sensors, sensory, uh, and I think at some level, very intuitive perception. But they also have a way of being that we could certainly learn something from. You know, what is it that... Their way
0: of being is to always be in a place of power. Mm-hmm. They identify power as using our spiritual gifts and our spiritual abilities to change our reality. So for all of you who've ever been through awakening, everyone knows that your life gets really messed up because a lot of those things are in alignment with who you're not as opposed to who you really are. So, for example, you have to learn to think the opposite of your problem. If you think that you don't have abundance, then you have to see it. Right now, we have um, a lot going on that's unfair and awful with racism, so I see the opposite. I see us together in the collective and working together. I see the problems going away. I ask for a higher frequency to send to that. When something in my life isn't working, I really sit down and say, Okay, maybe you need to make a change, but how can you see it differently now? And that's how I think this... everything. So they mm-hmm. see problems as actually the way that we grow.
1: You know what? I, I, I am so aware of this, Julia. One of the things I wanted to ask you about is... In this short period of time, and and the reality is this is a short period of time. When we take a look at where we were, let's just say January 1st, for example, right? right? It is a short period of time between January and today. And I think about my own personal growth, development, and awareness today that I didn't have on December 31st. And the rate or the pace by which we are being asked to understand ourselves better, understand each other better—it's like light speed to me. Is that the frequency you've been you mentioned? Yes, because um, this
0: is what the wolves say: is that we all dream together. For those of us who are awake, we're in higher collective consciousness, and that shapes the world. So maybe we wanted nature to clear up. Maybe we wanted um, to have time at home or to go more slowly in life. Maybe we wanted to work on our computer instead of going into the office. But the wolves say to think of it as one big dream, with everybody who is awake contributing to the overall picture of life. Our dreams, our longings, our desires, the pulse of our heart, our heart and other hearts, contribute to the shaping of the world. So it's not just happening. We're feeling this major vibration from nature. And as we feel that vibration, all of us are putting out different dreams. Have you noticed how many people on Facebook now say they want to live in the mountains with a big garden? Yeah. They didn't want to before. Yeah. So it's changing all of us. And the wolves think that this is going to go on for several years. So we all need to get really strong in our ability to know that we can visualize things differently, feel things differently, and we can change. And that doesn't mean don't look at the truth. We have to see what's really going on. But we also have to say not just it's bad, but what's my role in changing this? What's my special gift with seeing the beauty in the world or the love in the world? And that's sort of where we go from.
1: Wow. Julia, thank you so much for joining me here today. And I know people will want to clearly listen to you moving forward on what the messages are. Please let folks know how they can find out more about you. Okay. And
0: you can find my website, OneTrueSelf.com, O-N-E, TrueSelf.com. You can sign up for my newsletter. I send those out two or three times a month. I do free webinars. I teach a nine-month series of classes, which is coming up in July. And so there are lots of ways that you can get involved in that. And I hope to hear from you. And I hope you sign up for my newsletter so I can talk to you every week. Today I have another message going out from the wolves, but you can find that in my blog post. And they give pretty detailed instructions on how we can use the energies.
1: Absolutely. And, you know, you're, you're, you're so right about this. One of the things that I'll say, and I look forward to hearing what, what more is to come, is I was talking to a friend of mine, and his greatest fear, and this is his words, about going back to work the way it was, is having to tell his kids that he may not be able to have dinner with them quite the way he's done now. And I was talking to him about that, and I said, perhaps you can think about a way to do that. You know, people don't necessarily want to go back to the way it was, and I think that's what you're talking about, too.
0: It is. We can't go back. We have to go forward, and we have to create a new reality. I think all of us would like to have a world with 30% less carbon emissions, where the world is healing and the ozone layer is going away and we can see mountains and drink from rivers and we can be with our families and we can move into a place of love and we're all so much more powerful than we know we are. And if we can move into that vibration of believing that, like, well, maybe if I see myself at supper, you know, every night I'm home for dinner with my family and we're in a place of love, that love vibration is much stronger than the outside world. So you can bring that about, you know, maybe we brought that about for three months, but why not make it so we can move freely in the world, but we can compromise in these areas that nature has shown us where we need to grow and change
1: and to happiness. Mm-hmm. Oh, no kidding. Hey, everybody. Powerful message from Julia Griffin. And by the way, go to the website, one OneTrueSelf.com. Lots more coming up on her fabulous radio show. Julia, thank you so much.
0: Thank you so much for having me, Dr.
1: Pat. Have a beautiful day. Bye-bye. You too. Let's take a short break, everybody. Benny, we'll be right back.
2: The preceding audio was via a Skype call.
3: How do you feel? Just okay? Well, how about you tune in and get ready to be more with the Healing Hour with me, Doc Martin, every third Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I'm ready for your questions, and I can't wait to help you find the answers. Every month, we'll have a new live call-in show with innovative topics and a powerful hour of healing. To learn more about me, visit DrSharonMartin.com. See you there. I'm going to be here. You won't want to
1: miss it.
2: Call in for intuitive readings and visit jenroyster.com for more information. So how do you value your self-worth? Join Dr. Pat and Sabrina Wright as they introduce Sabrina's holistic approach to self-care and inner peace. Get empowered to make decisions for yourself. Change your view of your own value and learn the tools for investing in who you're designed to be live the good life every second thursday at 11 a.m pacific on the dr pat show featuring sabrina wright to learn more visit sabrina is
1: we remember a time when you could simply form a thought and
0: it would manifest the harmony was forgotten but it is returning now the power of inspiration and awakening radio with julia griffin on transformation dot each second and fourth wednesday at 9 a.m pacific we'll take you on adventures through the heart and spirit exploring who we once were this intuitive healer studied under the guidance of wolves learning from their wisdom to master a higher frequency for a new state of mind visit one true dot com
2: have you ever wondered what your pets think about do you know what your pets are saying to you dr monica will be your pet's translator to help you understand what your pets are trying to communicate to you. Enhance the bond with your furry friends on Pets Talk with Pet Communicator, Dr. Monica, each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information about Dr. Monica, visit PetCommunicator.com.
1: Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. You know, i was so excited to get ready for this show, Benny, because, uh, look, we're going to have a conversation that many of you heard me kind of mention earlier. The book is called I Did It to Myself Again, and this is by Joanne DiMaggio, and here's the thing. New life between lives case studies, how your soul's contract is guiding your life. Now this, I got to talk about the soul contract. I need to talk to my soul. I need to talk, have a conversation with my soul contract right now. I could almost start by that Marvin Gaye song. What's going on? What? That one, Benny. But I want to start out with a little affirmation that came inside the book from uh, Sarah, Sarah Scarlett. And these there are these cute little affirmations that she sends with every book we got. So, Joanne, I opened them up. I opened it up and I want to start by this. And it says, you, you are only one thought away from a good feeling. And so, if you want to get to know Joanne DiMaggio, then you want to know that this is somebody that has been out in the world therapy for over 30 years, master's in transpersonal psychology, right? Uh, spiritual mentor certification. Anything you could think about that connects the dots between our lives and our spiritual journey right here, right here, Joanne DiMaggio. But also she is an author. Uh, she's a radio show host. Uh, she has been on the show with me before, Right about soul writing or she's been on the been on the show with me bef- before to talk about you know the in-betweenness today though i got to say this to everybody cuz you, you know when people write these books the deal is they write them like 2 years in advance of us actually getting them but i can't think of a more timely conversation than talking about soul contracts and guidance than today. Joanne, it's great to have you. Thank you, Pam. I'm excited to be here. Um, and you know, some days I wake up and I'm not kidding. And that song, What's Going On? That's <laughs> the song that I'm singing to my soul. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, do you think I'm alone? I don't think I am, no, right?
3: I think that's very appropriate.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um, but as usual, you've put together another masterpiece. That's filled with information based on research, based on case studies, but that bring us to a full circle, so to speak. How significant is it? And and I say this because I'm not kidding. Some days I ask myself, what is going on? But how significant is it right now, today, given looking outside our windows here, is it that we understand, one, there is a soul contract, and two... We could get some information from it.
3: Absolutely. Um, you know, nothing is random. Uh, everything's carefully designed as part of our soul's plan. So, experiencing what's going on in the here and now, a lot of people say, Why am I here now? Why did I choose to be here during this pandemic or, you know, during uh, a time of uh, civil unrest? Um, well, you planned it that way. Uh, and- <laughs> <laughs> you you thought this was going to be a really great time to come in and to work on some karmic issues from the past, apply some of your karmic attributes, and in doing so, to impact others. Because, you know, past life work is really about the present. It isn't about the past so much. So you chose to come in now. You chose uh, every aspect of your life. Nothing, like I said, nothing was random. It was all carefully planned out. And you wanted to be here at a time of great change you wanted to be here to be an instrument of that change you wanted to be here to impact others as through your example there's all kinds of reasons for being here now there's a lesson in it there is a opportunity for our souls to grow yeah so it's it's a it's a exciting exciting time um, yeah to be here and and it's difficult to get through that doesn't negate that but it uh what's on the other side looks extremely wonderful and promising right now
1: you know i was talking to julia griffin who was on just to do a short segment a few minutes ago uh to give us a message from the wolves i mean her story and her journey living with wolves i mean it's an incredible story and her show is fantastic so i asked her to come on for a few minutes and One of the things she says is just literally, you two could be twins today. But I said something to her, and I'd like you to comment on it uh, based on your book and the research you've done in the book. Mm -hmm. What I said to her is, for me, I'm looking at today where I am today as a person, as many people are, and, and go back a very, very short period of time Let's go back to January 1st of this year. Now in the world of the Earth and the universe, those less than six months are like a flea on an elephant's butt. Right. <laughs> and, I, and I said to her, oh my gosh, because she was talking about va- uh, frequency and things. I have learned more about myself mm-hmm. in these five plus months than in most of my life. And I have to tell you, this is not the first time I've been here. Yeah. I am a old school protesting, burn your bra in Atlantic City. What, what march can we do today, girl? Yeah. So can you talk about why this was important to research this? Because it's so fascinating to me that you do that, and I love that you do that.
3: Well, I love research projects. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't write books in which I'm pontificating some sort of a theory or saying to you, you know, this is real. You have to believe it. What I like to do is to work with people, see what their experience is. And then report that, because as I, I say on my website, I consider myself a reporter for the universe. Yeah. So I, I like to go out there and, and find out what's going on and then write about it and then disseminate that to everybody. This particular research project came about because I've been doing past life work for uh, over 30 years. And, and there's a pattern that I, I saw, and the pattern was blaming. You know my life is the way it is because of so and so. my my parents, my siblings, my uh, cousins, my my children, my husband, whatever. It was always somebody else did this to me, not ever embracing the fact that you you did it to yourself, which is where the title comes from. Um, I also had done a lot of research into what other, practitioners, authors, leading therapists were writing about the life between lives stage, especially Dr. Michael Newton, who's renowned in this field. And I wanted to confirm or challenge or build on that research. And then I wanted to compare it to the Edgar Casey, teachings because i'm um i consider edgar casey my my spiritual mentor yeah and i've been with his organization since 1987 uh so i have studied the readings uh extensively um so i wanted to see if they compared and then i wanted to see if there was a common afterlife experience of souls uh in order to ease the fear of death so my goal was well if i'm going to work with 25 different people, all of whom are strangers, is what they're going to tell me about the dying process going to be similar? And if it is similar, then we, those of us that are still in the physical, would say, well, if that's what dying's like, that's not so bad. Mm -hmm. So there were multiple layers of it. It was learning that everything that happens in your life happens for a reason. Nothing is random. It's all meant for your soul's growth. You planned it that way, and the experience of what goes on after we leave the physical plane is going to be similar to what you're hearing from the people that underwent my my, um, research project.
1: Yeah, I mean, clearly, folks, you all have to read the book to really get a sense of what some of these incredible stories are. And we're going to actually talk about them throughout the show. Um, One of the things I wanted to ask you about was always been a mystery to me. And it's in the book. It's in a bunch of places. I just lost my post-it in the book. But it's this idea of a soul mission. And the reason I'm fascinated by this, and I've shared this story a couple of times on air, you know, we had our high school reunion. And so that's enough to have people you have not talked to in a bunch of decades find you, right? Right. 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 And they find you. And then they, they're they looking and they're, they, they, honestly, they're trying to compare pictures. And one of the women said to me, are you Pat Basili from Plainfield? And I said, yeah, that is actually me. They said, we didn't believe it. None of us actually believed it. And I said, oh, and why is that? And they said, well, well, wait a minute, you're like talk radio, we've listened to your show. They're like, they didn't say dude, but this is me now. They're like, dude, you used to stutter. And the last we heard, you were homeless, then you were arrested, and most of us thought you were dead. Oh my goodness. But that is the first, that is the first 18 years of my life right there Mm -hmm. in their summary. Mm -hmm. Um, And so how I got here, is a complete mystery. And I think your book helps us understand that, how we get to where we ultimately are meant to go. And I want to ask you this question. There have got to be some elements that were revealed to you that show a pattern, Mm -hmm. right, in people Mm -hmm. and how they get from that place to me today. I look back at my life and I could see how I got here. It was a long and windy road, Road, but mm-hmm. maybe my soul was trying to talk to me, and I just didn't hear it. What are your thoughts? Well, you know, I
3: look at the earth as a school, and I talk about that a little bit. Uh, and our life consists of the curriculum that we put together, of issues that we're going to deal with, which is why the past life regression portion of it is yeah. so important. Because yeah. we start with that so that we can find the lifetime that is most impacting you now. And through that lifetime, you know, we look at the significant event that happened that was So important, it made an imprint on your soul and you brought it in with you as unfinished business. Mm. Now, Maybe in a case like yours, you chose to handle some of that unfinished business in those first 18 years. Get that out of the way so that you could get on to the the (laughs) next part, the the next curriculum, right? The the higher level courses that you signed up for. Um, So that's why we identify the origin of any of the karmic issues. We look at what created them. Who were involved, and why weren't they resolved? Why why did we choose to to work on them now? And it's not chronological either. It's not you're not working on things that happen in your immediate past life. When I did my research, I was surprised that 25% of the people went back to a lifetime that happened prior to 1000 A.D. So it's just that this, this life was ideal for them. The situation that, that the opportunity that they would be born into from their parents to the neighborhood they would live in, to, uh, their socioeconomic background, all of that was ideal to work on whatever issue came up in this prior lifetime. Um, so we, we look at all of that, uh, and, um, once we have that done, then they go into the afterlife planning session, and there's a lot involved in that. That's like a good portion of the book is, um, you know, talking about the process of dying, talking about what the afterlife actually looks like, talking about working with ascended masters or higher, um, or, or your your spirit guides or your angel, whatever your thoughts whatever your belief may be, that's comfortable for you. But there is somebody on the other side who is there for you um, all the time. And, uh, you know, what is that conversation like when you pass over? What do you say about what just happened in the life prior to this one? And your soul family comes into play. You pick your parents, members of your soul family who have been with you lifetime after lifetime after lifetime. Now we change roles. We change genders. So, your mother in this life could have been your husband in a previous life. We just keep changing, but basically the essence of the soul stays the same, and they come in with us to help us with whatever issue we tell them we want to work on. So it's you know then we come up with a, a, a soul's mission statement, which I did that based on the uh, Casey work on sp- what what is a spiritual ideal. So we looked at that. They did. Uh, they were able then to. In one sentence, say what their soul's mission was um you know, and then we we looked at other things like you know they did work with the council of elders. this is a yeah. council of beings to help you figure out what you're gonna work on so it's a it's a very intense uh, uh process uh and i'm I don't mean intense in terms of of emotionally intense it's it's intense in that there's a lot that goes into it. Yeah. There's a lot that's being taken into consideration, uh, including, you know, picking the right body, um, getting memory triggers. So there's a lot, a lot to it. Um, and then we come in. And, of course, the first part of our lives, we, most of us don't remember anything. Uh, we don't know what's at play. We have no, we have no uh, understanding of why things are the way that they are. And that's where the blame starts to come in. Um, you know that it that uh i wouldn't be this way i wouldn't be in this situation if it weren't for my husband or my wife or my parents and so um so the purpose of this project really was to help them see how they were in control every step of the way that that they were get they were guided and and this is such a sacred life every every lifetime is sacred and to look at it that way that you have a role to play you know because Edgar Cayce said, no soul enters by chance. Everybody comes in with a purpose. And so I was, you know, assisting everybody in the research project of finding out exactly what that purpose is.
1: You know, this is really, uh, you know, Joanne, look, I can't say enough about what you do. And I think that for folks, uh, there is so much of what you've written in this book through the eyes, through the souls of other people that explain so much, right? Mm -hmm. Just like you just did so beautifully. Um, And, you know, folks wonder, how do I gain this insight that Joanne is talking about? How do I gain the insight that the people in the book have gained? And, you know, we've heard this time and time again, you know, uh, one way is, right? uh, A past life regression, correct? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um,
3: the regression will simply tell them what happened in the past that set it up this way. Uh, the Life Between live sessions will yes. actually go through the, the counseling that, that took place and the decision-making process, you know, and you'll understand better why things are the way they are, um, the, the particulars of it in terms of your relationships with your family and and others. Uh So they they both work hand in hand. You can do one without the other, but it helps to do them both.
1: Yeah, in the book, what I was struck by, there are a a number of stories that I've kind of latched on to where it starts out with, uh, for example, uh, Diana, this hard knot of fear, K-N-O-T, this hard knot of fear. And that's what this is called. And right underneath it, it has a soul's mission to help guide others in their healing. And when I read these, and of course you live and breathe this every day, it is so absolutely awakening to hear the revelations Mm -hmm. that people have Mm -hmm. when they discover this. And I wanna ask you, when you did this research, what was the sense that people what what did people feel after they discovered things it depended on what
3: they were looking at at the moment at that Mm -hmm. particular moment um they had there were a lot of aha moments i will tell you that yeah uh where people were like oh they would just stop like oh no wonder no wonder things are the way they are. I, I see. Mm-hmm. Oh, no wonder I'm having this problem with this person. Uh, you know, I could see what happened between us in, in the previous life. It all makes sense to me now. That's what I love about this work. It all makes sense. It is very logical. It is based on, uh, the whole thing is based on karma, which is, you know, the law of cause and effect. And, and so there's a justice in it. Uh, and it's all lovingly done when, when they go in front of the council of elders, you know, they're not being judged. They're not, and they're not being put in different uh, tiers of souls, which is what some of the other research I've I've, done. Uh, we're all equals. We're all treated equally. No, you don't go in front of the council and they don't point your finger at you and go, oh boy, you really screwed up that last lifetime, you know, and you're going to pay for that (laughs) next time around. So the, you know, and also the, 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 um, You know, like, for instance, the the story of Mark, who was the uh, uh, African-American young woman, 18 years old, um, uh, during the 18th century. So she was enslaved. She was on a southern uh, plantation and was uh, whipped to death in a party atmosphere. The master's son was making advances toward her, had been doing it for years, and she was constantly resisting. And so he decided to make a, a... an example of her and and, uh, invited all the neighboring um, plantation owners to come and witness this. And of course it sickened everybody. And, uh, she ended up dying. Uh, but, um, when I talked to him, what he now in this life, she is a he and is, uh, an attorney and worked on what, what would you expect him to work on? But civil rights issues. Right. So, um, that sort of balancing uh, is what is very common in this work. You see it all the time. And, um, and, and also there's tremendous healing. You've got people who were, they, I have clients who come to me and they say, I, I think I'm, I, I have a sense I'm a healer. I, I want mm-hmm. to be doing some healing work with people, but something's stopping me. I don't understand it. Well, you take them back to a prior lifetime and, and, you know, when I ask them what's the significant event in that life, they see themselves out in a forest gathering roots and, and herbs and things like that. But they're constantly looking over their shoulder because they're afraid that they're going to be seen doing this. They're going to be accused of witchcraft and then tortured and killed. Yeah. And so yeah. now in this life, when they when they say, I want to be a healer, something is stopping them. Well, it's the memory. Of what happened to you before when you tried this so we we work through that and then that's lifted from them and they go on to do to continue their great work here so the the value is is incredible the changes in people um Mm. uh, the other the most emotional um events are when they see something that tears them up inside as far yeah. as the death of someone, or especially the death of a child. And I've also had people who were very emotional when they saw their Council of Elders and saw that there that there was a religious, uh, uh, especially those who saw Jesus on mm-hmm. their Council of Elders, they really, they they would just burst into tears and say a prayer of gratitude. Thank you for mm-hmm. being with me. Um, so there, there are all different points um, in, in in time, in looking at their past life, as well as going through the Life Between Life sessions that would hit a nerve, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and there's so many of them. Every one of them, I think, yeah. that's listed in the book has some sort of a story that, that goes along with that.
1: Yeah, I am so interested in this. And by the way, I was going to call you. Linda and I were talking and I said, you know, I think I need to call... I think I need to call Joanne. I think I need to schedule my past life session. Wow. And why? Why now? So this is interesting, right? We're going to take a short break and we're going to talk about this when we come back. But before we go to break, two things. How do people get a copy of the book? And let's get them to your website because you've got a ton of information here. And they can schedule their own past life session with you or li- a life between live session because you're doing them on Skype, right? Skype and Zoom, yeah, right, and they're yeah. very
3: successful that way too. Yeah, so I love Zoom. Concerned about that.
1: Okay, yeah. uh, what website is it, uh, Joanne Dimaggio? right? Okay. And, uh, yeah,
3: and my books are all on Amazon.
1: Yeah, and the book where that I'm talking, and she said books like with an S, right? Yes. I, I, I have to do this work with you, because one of the PR people that represents all of y'all said to me, you need to find out, Pat, why you cannot write your book. She's like, you've got like five books in there. You have a story to tell. Why are you not writing it? That is a really good question. The book is, I did it to myself. Again, new Life Between Lives case studies show how your soul's contract is guiding you. When we come back, we're going to talk more about the book, but we're going to talk about the process because one thing that I want everybody listening to know about Joanne... uh, She and I have one thing in common. We both have that research mind, that mind that is so curious, you know? And when I was reading her book, there were so many stories in the book, but why is it you can read some things and catch a sentence of somebody else's story, right? What is it about that? You read a sentence, just maybe one little sentence, and your eyes get teared up. Why? What is going on? Yeah. That's that song, Benny, what's going on? I did it again. (laughs) Let's take a short break, everybody. We'll be right back with Joanne.
2: The preceding audio was via a Skype call. How would you like increased health and vitality? How would you like to avoid the onset of disease as well as slow the aging process?
0: Hi everyone. I'm the host of Nothing But Now, Mindful Living with Dr. Mary Angela McGuire on Transformation Talk Radio. I share ideas, insights, and tools you can use to release yourself from fearful and negative thinking and live from a place of clarity and confidence. Please join me in each show where we challenge ourselves to change together. Please go to my website, mcguirelifecoach.com. That's mcguirelifecoach.com. See you next time.
1: It's time to shake out your money-making truth on soul wisdom abundance with Jennifer Bloom, creating wealth from spiritual health on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This hit show is more than your roadmap to success. It's your compass to abundance through joy and ease. Jennifer Bloom teaches you about the soul's relationship to money and wealth and how improving that relationship serves both you and the world. Learn more at JenniferBloom.com.
3: Have you ever heard of the 90-10 rule? It goes like this. 90% of the time, no one is thinking of you. 90% of the time, everyone's thinking about themselves. And if you think of it like that, it takes the weight off. Because now, you're not being judged. I'm Megan Edge. I'd love for you to join me on Playing on the Edge Radio, Radical Change with Ease, with my co-host, Dr. Pat, on Transformation Radio FM.
1: Oh, my God. That man was so far ahead of his time. Oh, my goodness. My goodness. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, really thrilled to have Joanne DiMaggio here. She is going to come back um, for a number of reasons, and I'll tell you why right in a minute. Uh, again, if you want to find out about her, go to our website, joannedemaggio.com. That's D-I-M-A-G-G-I-O.com. And when you go there, it says regression services, it says soul writing, it says lectures, books, everything is here, including her story. And so take a look at that. You'll also find her soul's mission right there, right there. She she admits to what that is, uh, which is Joanne's sole purpose is to observe, record and disseminate. And quotes now, I am a reporter for the universe. Wow. Joanne, I want to talk to you about what I said before the break, that I was going through some parts in the book, and I hit a couple places where I was emotionally hit. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Emotionally hit. And then I just shared during the break that I had a flashback to a reading that I had gotten P-Town, Cape Cod, one summer, very young. I don't think I was even 21 yet that I hadn't remembered till two days ago. Can you talk about how other people's experience when they are sharing their soul contracts, how that might affect the reader? Oh,
3: well, I think in every single case, there's some element of that that you can relate to. Um, that, there, that there's such a profound truth in everything that they're sharing, that it reaches us on this really deep level. And we say, I know what that feels like. Mm-hmm. Or um, that reminds me of whatever. Uh, there's a lot of resonating going on between the reader and the story. So um, I think that that ability to identify and empathize with this, the, uh, The journey that these people took, because you know, as I as I stated in the front of the book, when we were going over the um, the statistics on who was actually coming for these the the makeup of the twenty five people who were in my uh, research, uh, you know. these were people from all sorts of professional backgrounds. Uh, I had social workers and educators and nurses and lawyers and and uh, healing practitioners. I even had a historian. Um, and they, the average age was 62. So these were people that were um, very... Uh, settled in life, renowned in their professions, uh, not the kind that you would be inclined to think would, would fantasize about uh, about something. And that's like always the biggest question. People are concerned that they're making it all up, yeah. uh, you know. But, um, but all of them, uh, no matter who they were, how old they were, what their background was, they all had a very humbling past life experience. And... Um, humbling in that they learned, a tr- they learned a lesson. They may have done some horrendous things, but it humbled their soul,
0: mm-hmm. and
3: they brought that in with them into this life. And to to see that happen, I think deep down inside you feel, well, if that can happen to them, then mm-hmm. what about me? You know, if they're finding answers to questions mm-hmm. that they didn't have answers before, and this session led them to this, uh, then why? What about me? You know what I find an answer to, so I think there's that that identification that goes on, and and I also think you get attached to these people. I I know I did, you know, mm-hmm. uh, in a real in a very real way, um, even though I knew them because they were, you know, I spent hours with them on, on this work, but um, that that identification with another soul that. Is has experienced something similar to yours, or maybe something mm-hmm. a lot more traumatic than yours, um, uh, or the opposite. You know, a very contented. I did have people who did not have any major issues. They had a very contented, happy mm-hmm. life. Um, so I think that that that's the common thread that we res- we respond to.
1: You know, it's interesting because I am acutely aware, and first of all. I just want to say the memorial that's going on right now as we speak for um, the the memorial service for George George Floyd Mm -hmm. is, to me, it is both gut-wrenching to watch and understand what that atrocity is about, but it's also, you know, it hits me at a very core level and I was watching the original clip, what was it, about a week ago, and I had such a visceral reaction to it. You know, my friend said to me, why are you reacting? And I said to her, I know what it's like to not breathe because I had two situations in my life as a child where I couldn't breathe, right? Mm -hmm. Um, One was I almost drowned in a pool and so, the gut feeling for what that must have felt like for this man who had no control, mm-hmm. you know, you know this this the pain of not being able to take a breath mm-hmm. just hit me at such a visceral level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And outside of the absolute inhumane experience that he went through. There's such a visceral nature of this. And the second part I said to her was, I just don't get why in my lifetime I have such a reaction to injustice. You know, I studied broken promises and procedural justice for 10 years. I researched it. And I think what you're talking about in your book is that sometimes there's a pattern in our life that calls us to either take an action to move forward right Mm -hmm. or we experience the pain of not taking that action and I don't know if I'm oversimplifying this but what would you say to that isn't that sometimes what happens to people when they don't follow the soul contract
3: oh I could I could talk for hours on that subject.
1: Will you come back? Will you come back and do that? Because that is something we don't talk about. We always want to talk about all the positive stuff in this whole contract. I want to talk about what happens when we don't follow it.
3: Well, you know, um, I have... uh... A group of uh, nine spirit guides that I work with when I do my soul writing. Soul writing, by the way, for your audience is uh, writing in a meditative state, so it's or an altered state of consciousness. So, if you think of prayer as you talking to God, meditation is God talking to you. Soul writing is you taking notes, and mm-hmm. so um, so I check in with them uh, fairly often, and I I've written a, couple, a book or two on, on that as well. Um, the guidance I have been getting for a couple of years is what in the heck are you doing, Joanne, you're supposed to be writing. Cause you know, I see something else and it catches my attention and then off I go. You know, I, I was running the healing center at unity of Charlottesville for seven years and my guidance kept saying, you're not on the earth to be a landlord. You're on right. the earth to be doing this writing. And so it got more and more painful when I didn't follow spirits call. Right. The point where, you know, that, that expression, when the pain of change is uh, greater. greater than the pain of staying the same, you change?
1: Yeah. When the, the pain of staying the same is greater right. than the pain of change. You change.
3: Yeah. And uh, I think that's, and I really think that this, starting with the pandemic, when we were forced to stay home, I think a lot of us started to do a lot more introspective work than we ever did before. A lot more meditation. Yeah a lot more praying, a lot more looking at our lives and reprioritizing everything because all the things that we had taken for granted were, were no longer there for us, yeah. you know, and have that ability to just spontaneously go out and do something. Uh, you know, we, we were forced to stay in. I know for me, I've started to read more. Mm-hmm. I started write more and i felt this joy of doing the reading and the research and the writing and i remembered that i remembered that ever since i was a child i i loved being in a library and doing research and i loved writing and mm-hmm. i thought i want to feel like this all the time wow. so what i have to do to feel like this i have to let go of something else and i think
1: i think you know, I think, do yeah i think right there that right there is the segue for the next show we'll do together. Okay. Because if we don't let go, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Doesn't always turn out pretty. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you know what I'm saying. Oh yeah. But uh, let will you will you promise to come back?
3: I do promise. So we
1: can That's talk good. about that because a lot of it. times we don't. The reason I'm gonna schedule a session with you is because reading your book having memories of the past watching what's happened to George George Blair watching that video where he couldn't breathe and then myself feeling that from earlier experiences in my life I have to get at the bottom of it Joanne DiMaggio everybody thank you for today I'm Dr. Pat and guess what she will be coming back we've got another hour coming up with Sue Storm we'll be right back